From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to welcome in Miriam San Martino, who's the Executive Director of Catholic Charities and Social Concerns for the Diocese of Sacramento. Miriam, always good to see you. Well, thanks, Bob, for having me. We're moving into, we're, I mean, uh, I think if you go into the stores, they're already got St. Patrick's Day merchandise out. You know? <laughs> Seems but, like it, right? Yeah, and, and Easter stuff. And, There's no uh, break between these holidays. Yeah, it but like. Uh, it's like, I think Halloween started in August and... <laughs> Now, I mean, we got Thanksgiving coming up, and then Advent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't even believe I'm saying those words. I, it seems like a week ago it was 95 degrees, and then suddenly, I think it was winter hit yeah, <laughs> almost I was overnight. Freezing. Yeah, it was <laughs> in the 30s in October. It's like unheard of in Sacramento. Yeah, now but, there's snow being reported, yes. you know, in the Sierra. So it's yeah. exciting. It's exciting, but it's early. It is early. It is early, and it's. Um, it's a tough transition for most of us, you know. We we yeah. like that easy California yeah. transition, yeah, which is more normal, but yes. uh, not not this year, I guess. No. So what's what's on your plate this time of year? Well, oh my goodness! I mean, you know, as we enter this last quarter of the year, the holidays, um, really the the cold reminds us of how fortunate many of us are that we can go home, turn on that heater. You know, whether it be gas powered, electric powered, it's right. there for us. Um, but I think it's a it's a good time to just pause and remind ourselves that not everybody has yep. that blessing, um, whether it be because of economics, because of where they are living. Um, but the reality is that many of our brothers and sisters are facing are entering into a time period with you know, very difficult right. for children, for seniors, for those living with. Uh, you know, chronic illnesses, the cold yep. really exacerbates those. It really does. It really does. Yeah, yeah. So how do we make sure that we enter into the season while keeping others in our minds, um, uh, but at the same time not get swallowed up either into this consumerism that we see, right, that kind of surrounds us and it seems inescapable at times. It, it does, especially uh, when you have kids. Yes. Because they... <laughs> It used to be that the advertisers advertised to parents mm-hmm. for kids. Yes. Your kid would like this. Now they're going directly for the kids. Oh yeah. I mean they've done all their they've done all their market research, they've figured it out, and then they know there's nothing like a demanding <laughs> child. <laughs> Make my Christmas complete. Yes, you know, and grandparents oh, love yes. them, but they can't escape those beautiful eyes looking I up know. at them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and who can blame them, right? Our kids are so cute, and that's right. Um, we want to give them the best, but we also um, have an opportunity as a family, right? Really multi generational family, if we're able to, to really talk about what is what is important during this time. Um, it's really not about that gift that promises to bring us this joy and you know be popular at school. Um, and we know better than kids that the newest, latest technology and whatever color that we desire it to be, it, it's really an empty promise. Yep. You know, and we really need to focus on what are the basics of, of what we need in each and every day of our life. Um, and how can we kind of deny ourselves a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Not give into that temptation during this time of year and focus on how, what can we really share with our brothers and sisters in need, right? Because at those experiences that our children have are really going to shape what our community is going to be in the future. They sure are. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, with Catholic charities, you, you think, Oh, you're, you're, you're feeding the poor, you're doing all which you are, yes. but you're dealing with housing. You're dealing with just mm-hmm. all kinds, you're dealing with employment. All where kind. does, where does it stop? Well, I don't think it really stops. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, if, if we look at everything that we do on a day-to-day basis, that's exactly what our brothers and sisters need who are living on in right. poverty and on the margins. Right. And so um, those are the, some, the, the focus points for us, right? Um, when we look at food, so many of our kids in our schools depend on the lunch right. and breakfast and right. snacks that are provided at school. And, right. 
you know, holidays are great, but they also mean um, a break yeah. from school, yeah. which means there's not enough food sometimes at home. And so our Catholic charities do a great job of filling that gap of connecting our families to the local food banks, food pantries. Mm. You know, our parishes do a wonderful job of making sure that there's nutritious food available year round for all of these families and especially our seniors, you know, with um, grocery food, uh, the price of groceries just going up. It's really skyrocketed. Yeah. And so how are you going to be able to live on a uh, limited budget, right. right, limited income and still ensure that you're getting the nutritious, um, healthy meal every day? I know in talking to uh, Blake Young at Sacramento Food Bank, and uh, he, he frequently says that we're seeing new people who are maybe a little hesitant or a little embarrassed yeah. to be coming for for food. Are we are we sure we're reaching everybody that they know it's available? Um, that that I, I know that that. Most food banks now are doing very good about outreach, yes. and and not just you have to come to this one site. Maybe yeah. you don't have a car, maybe or even if you have a car, now you're burning gas at five six dollars a gallon yeah. uh, to get there. Um, they're they're doing a, a lot of outreach and and having a lot of sites. Um, but is th- this notion of food insecurity? And you hear Sacramento is actually high, really high in in that in that realm and it's it's shocking here in the breadbasket of the world really yeah you know and um you know sacramento food bank is a great example of how you could really be a bridge builder yeah you know with other community groups across um religious organizations mm-hmm. right and, and faiths to really get to those who have a little bit of fear of right. maybe coming right to a food bank that's so large and could be intimidating exactly but you go to your local parish your local congregation, if they have food, then you're at home with people who know you right. and can make that more of a welcoming experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we also have our Ranch Court of a Food Locker, which is our newest charity, right. um, you know, at St. John Vianney Parish. Right. And they're, you know, kind of following this culture change where it's not we give you food, it's you're our neighbor. Uh-huh. You know, we care for you. We, we love you. Tell us what you need. Mm-hmm. What can we do to support you, right? So it's more of a community-focused, neighbor-focused approach. Um, and you're also seeing that strategy in um, in Solano with Catholic Charity of Solano. What they're doing is going beyond Vallejo, going beyond their corporate office, and doing what's called these pop-ups. Oh, wow. So they're going, you know, Vacaville, Dixon, Fairfield, where these um, these areas, these pockets where we're seeing a lot of food deserts. And they're bringing the food to those most in need. Wow. So again, right, integrating yourself into the right. community, allowing others to get to know you, and being more of a welcoming community member. And food desert sometimes means uh, because you're in a poor area, you don't have grocery stores. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can't criticize, right, the local market. They have their sure. economies and families to sustain. But unfortunately, a lot of times we find that they don't have fresh produce. Right. A lot of the um, items that they focus on are, um, you know, non-perishable canned goods. Sure. And a lot of those items are not culturally known. Right. Um, you know, there are a lot of um, of our community members who have never used mm-hmm. canned food. It's very right. much home cooked. Right. You know, from from um, produce and, and grains. So how do we continue understanding who? Who is our neighbor in that sense and adjusting what we uh, have available in our food pantries. So what's what's the what's what's the biggest challenge in your job? Here at the diocese, um, I think staying connected. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's very easy for for us to stay within our our office walls. Mm-hmm. And just read it in an article or um, think that somebody else is going to solve a problem. Right. Um, but I think it's really important for all of us to really stay connected to those who are suffering. And I think that, for me, has been the greatest challenge. So um, it's been very intentional of me to go to parishes, mm-hmm. meet with their social justice, social ministry, you know, St. Joseph DePaul, uh, who is out there doing the work. Right. So I can understand how is, what is the landscape changing? Right. Right. I mean, I think last year we brought together all of our charities directors and other community partners and talked about, well, who is the new homeless? 
who is going to be unhoused in the next five, mm-hmm. 10 years? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see, right, from those who work in day in and day out, whose face is really changing. Yeah. You know, and we hear seniors, you know, those who are going to retire soon, limited income, foster care youth, um, new arrivals into the country. But then also there's still that growing um, population of the working poor. That no matter how much they work, they still can't get out of poverty. Right. Right. And this understanding of, yes, we have like food stamps, but some of these programs also limit you how much income you get. How much income. That's exactly right. Otherwise, you're going to get disqualified. And rarely do they take into account the cost of living in your specific yes, area. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard, right? Because it, you can tell the intention of the program is to help people. Right. But we're so unique in every single pocket, even of our diocese. Yeah. Right. There's no way that somebody living in Sacramento is going to have the same experience as somebody living in Vallejo, somebody living in Wairica. <laughs> I was just going to say Wairica. It's <laughs> it's so uh, every now and then I, I I'll you know look up at housing prices around uh, around Northern California, and it's I mean you, you can find places, and I'm not talking about you know, the enclaves like Palo Alto or, or Los Altos or places where it's really, really spiked. But but just the, the average price in, in, say, Sacramento, the average price in Eureka or Alturas or Redding, right. or, and it's it's three times more in, in some one place as another. Um, it's, it's just mind-boggling. And, of course, in, in areas where it's cheaper, it, it, the, the jobs aren't as plentiful. Um, and it's 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 difficult to just you, you just start a small business, but you don't have anywhere near the customer base you would have, and and so it it gets really really difficult for people. But um, but the 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 grant you might get from the government for any isn't based on that, right? It really you know, is. social security is not based on that. Right. Uh, and you read the average social security recipient is around eleven hundred twelve hundred a month. That's oh it. Goodness. I mean, you can't, you couldn't get an apartment in Sacramento, no. and that would be all. That would be your entire payment. Yeah. Uh, you would have nothing to, nothing to eat. And can you imagine, you know, grandparents who are trying to help their grandchildren? Yeah, yeah. Right? A lot of times, that's why you see these multi generational families right. having to live together. Which there are some benefits to it, sure. You know, but it becomes such a challenge. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, if you have a chronic condition, a chronic illness, or even a mild illness. Medication is, is it's so expensive. Yeah, right. So, you know, then you have the, the heating bill, you have kids' school supplies, food on top of everything. And that's a real challenge, right, for every one of us who are, are still working, who are still um, raising our kids. Could we really live on $1,200 a month? Yeah, I, I know just from <laughs> uh, the, the first, uh, we have four kids in college right now, but one of them has, has her own apartment, you know, and, and, you know, after she got past the first and last month rent and <laughs> security deposit just to get in and has roommates and it's a modest place and all that um, modest but safe area, if there is such a thing, you know, and she has a job and she basically when she budgeted, she budgeted rent, mm. you know, and 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 she knew there were some of these o- other things, but. But the, the, the <laughs> amount of it, you know, I mean, just the, the PG&E bill, the food, the food bill, which is, is real. I mean, you just don't, you, you know, I, I remember the other day I was in the grocery store and I was already over $100 and my cart was still empty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you know, you're going to buy a quart of milk and it's just, it's, it's mind boggling how, how much groceries have gone up. Yeah. And I don't know how people do it. I mean. One, one of our challenges at home, you know, I think before you, you'd go to the grocery store and kind of not think about things. Yeah. You know, and, and splurge a little bit. Yeah. You know, you had a rough week. Maybe you yeah, do right. get that pint of ice cream. Exactly. <laughs> I get the half gallon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and now you think, like, wait a minute, can we afford it? Can we afford it? Yeah. Right? And, like, I, we go to the grocery store, and, and I do a weekly challenge on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, can I use everything I bought this week? Right. And everything that I'm cooking at home. Yeah. You know, because I never know when um, my kids are going to get sick. Right. I never know when I'm going to get a flat tire. You know, I, I drive up and down 80 a lot for yep. my work. And, um, you know, everybody that gets into my car, like, uh, you need to fix that cracked windshield. Uh, yeah. Oh, 
I know. I had a cracked windshield for like six months because the cracked windshield, it's usually like a 250 deductible. A minimum. A minimum. Yeah. Yes. So you're all, and, and it wasn't, you know, you know, some truck passed you and kicked up a rock <laughs> or somebody threw something at your car parked in the driveway or, uh, you know, that happened, that happened to us. Just, you know, just, just cars sitting there and somebody walks by and throws a rock and I had a palm tree. A palm tree. Palm tree. You know, in those windy days yep. of January, yeah. I parked it. I parked my car under a palm tree. I should know better. Yeah. And it fell. Yeah. So I, I've been driving for a long time with that cracked windshield, but it hurts. It physically hurts to have to pay to, oh, to yeah. replace it. Yeah, and I mean, some people are are a, a car breakdown away from, yes. I mean, from being bankrupt yeah. or a, or a, an illness away. Even people with insurance. Yeah. Um, uh, there's not a lot of good car insurance on repairing a car that, you know, and, uh, or, you know, uh, I mean, I, I can remember one time, you know, one of those cars that you're, you're going to drive till it dies, That's you know, right. and, That's and right. it's kind of your friend and it has a name and, and you, <laughs> you, 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 you know, I'm not the best keeping up on everything, but you keep it running. And, and then one day, uh, one day coming home from here got t-boned oh i had the green light i and i do i i look i don't care if i do have a green light i'm looking both ways and somebody somebody was speeding and and apparently the car in front of him was stopped and so he couldn't stop and he went around that car and came into the intersection and and i i heard the squeal of tires and i looked i looked up and i said this is how it happens you know you I'm now in an unavoidable high speed. I, I was I was I had been at a stop stoplight. You weren't high speed. I, but I the was going probably coming, ten miles yeah. an hour into the intersection, and here came a car, probably fifty, sixty, and T-boned me right on the driver's side, blew blew out all the glass into the car. Oh Fortunately, didn't Bob. hit. I, I had glass in my scalp, you know, but not uh, a vein or in an oh, eye thank or God for that. and. One of my friends, who's a cop, said he saw my car at the wrecking, and he said, "You, you should be dead," you know. And I remember the fire department came, and and you know, there you are in the middle of the intersection, and and they said, "Well, we're going to take you to the hospital." And I said, "No, I, I, I'm fine." He said, "You think you're (laughs) fine, you know?" And I said, "I really am." They said, "Well, let's see you get out of this car and walk," you know. And you had to, I mean, they had to jack you out of the car, but but and I could, and I'm just like. What a miracle! October thirteen, which is a, a is uh, uh, Our Lady of Fatima, yeah. the thir- wow. October thirteen, and I thank her every day. But, Absolutely. But bottom line, what, what why I brought this up was uh, it wasn't this October thirteen, but is that car was probably ten years old mm-hmm. and ten twelve years old had 150,000 miles on it, but worked and had been kept up and it's reliable. And your insurance is going to give you $3,500. Yeah. Good luck buying another one. (laughs) Good luck buying another car for $3,500, you know, and you, so what do you do? Right. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, most, some people are relying on those types of cars right now. Some are living out of those cars. Right. And so how, how do you come back from that? And that's where really um, St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Charities really comes in in understanding a lot of it is not, yes, some of us make bad choices, but a lot of times is things just happen. Things just happen. You know? yep. and, and if we take a careful reflection into our own situation, many of us are in that. Yep. You know, Many of us sitting in the pews every Sunday are one life incident away. We are, absolutely. And it's not to be, you know, downers on, on life but it's a good something good to carry us into you know advent mm-hmm. you know when we're seeing you know I'm, I'm on social media probably way too much but to that message that we're constantly getting right that we have to do this all to really celebrate the holidays right, right. that we all have to have matching whatever to really celebrate the right. holidays and a certain aesthetic right like, do we really need that or giant parties exactly or, yeah. right yeah. Whatever is being sold to us as the answer to whatever is uh, missing in our life, I think that's what Pope Francis has been calling to us, you know, in his encyclical Laudato Si, his recent letter, Laudate Deum. It's 
let's reflect on our lifestyle. Yeah. St- talk a little bit about Aloha Te Deum. Well, it was uh, October 4th, which is Feast of St. Francis um, of Assis. And, and Pope Francis really takes the time to say, look, it's been eight years, guys. It's been eight years since I wrote one of the longest encyclicals, you know, on care for creation. Right. Really talking about, let's change our culture, change the mm-hmm. way that we view ourselves even. Right. All right. In, in God's creation. And unfortunately, the Pope says, we haven't done enough. You know, we're not too late yet, but we're almost there. We're, cl- we're on the tipping point. Yeah. yeah you know, and he, and he goes through a lot of the scientific um, data and information and a lot of the pushback that he's gotten and, and many of the scientists have gotten. And he's gotten the pushback. <laughs> yep. A lot. Um, and he really talks about, well, what are we really working here? What are we doing here? And he really does ask those three questions. Like, what am I doing in this life? Yeah. What is my meaning? What's the meaning of my life if I'm not really embracing um, that we are part of God's creation. Yeah. We're not apart from it. Right. Right. And our obsession with technology, with consumerism, with discarding, right, people that we don't see value in it because of whatever economic interest that we may have. What are we doing here? We're our own worst enemy. Yeah. You know, and, and really, I, I, I think the change that he calls for happens within our families. Mm-hmm. You know, and every time that we have this opportunity to teach our kids about what's really important, especially as, especially as the holidays are coming up, right? Our right. kids, kids want to buy everything. Sure, and they're kids, right? But if we can say, "Look, that's not what's going to make you happy. Right. That's not what's focused right now. Let's go feed somebody." Yeah, you know, or teach them. Okay, well, let's look at some of these toys that you do have. And can we donate them? Can mm-hmm. we buy toys for another child who's not as fortunate as you? That's really the, the foundational um, change that we need to make as a society, right? Um, yeah, there are a lot of things that we can do to recycle and to be more environmentally friendly. But a lot of these global decisions are out of our hands. Yeah. But what we can do is transform this family culture that we have, right? And just say... That social media messaging, all that consumerism that we are bombarded with, it really isn't necessary. You know, I remember uh, in, in my hometown of Davis, uh, they had a, an organization called STAKE, which was Short-Term Emergency Action mm, yeah, uh, I know. Committee. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had a food closet and they had various various projects, but they had a, a, a Christmas project that, of course, in Davis, we called it a holiday project. <laughs> but... but, uh, um, but and they would have a a family mm. that had had, and it said it's 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 maybe it's a single mom or a single dad or maybe it's a a, a regular nuclear family or the formerly regular nuclear family, <laughs> and and they have a fourteen year old girl, an eleven year old boy, and a nine year old boy and a four year old girl or something, and you would adopt that family, right, right, right. and do Christmas shopping for them. And I know with our kids, it was the best thing for them because we'd go to Toys R Us or something, <laughs> and and okay, you shop for your twelve, you shop for the fourteen year old, and you're you know we'd match each kid mm-hmm. with, and it was, and the other thing we found is, we'd be more generous than we would have been, yeah. just be, and 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 it's completely anonymous. They don't know we're who's giving it to them. They don't even know where it's coming from, but somehow they, I guess, stake had the. Uh, they knew who these people were uh, that were in need, yeah, yeah. and then w- whatever uh, Christmas Day or, or somewhere in the holidays they would. And I know the diocese has a program like that as well. I think it was uh, bicycles. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, um, and to see our kids get into it, to see that, to see that joy in their eyes yeah, about share with others. Yeah, this right? four-year-old's yeah. gonna love this. Kind of <laughs> whether they were right or wrong, we don't know. But you know, and it it, it was it, it was very very meaningful. Yeah, and uh, um, those kinds of things uh, I think can be very helpful at uh, at the holidays. I think it's also a time for us to you know wrapping paper and bows make everything look so nice it does. Yeah. and visually you know appealing to the eye but at the same time it's how long does it really last when you're opening those gifts yeah and where does it end up 
Yep. Right? Can we little bit be more creative this year yeah. on what kind of wrapping paper you know, are we yeah, using? Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> you you're filling garbage bags with the wrapping paper and the bows. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we could use alternative things. There's a lot of reusable gift bags. Um, so let's try to be creative this year. And um, how are we really incorporating, right, God's creation mm-hmm. into Advent this year, um, even into Thanksgiving, right? Can we go clean up our neighborhood? Can we go yeah. volunteer at a soup kitchen? Can we volunteer at our local food pantry or at our right. Catholic charities? Again, just bring back meaning into what it is that we're doing, and not just go through the actions. Yeah, I mean, do, donate to Sacramento F- a Food Bank. They need donations. They need all the, the so many of the food banks. The number one donation is cash, yes. because they they buy mega amounts in coordination <laughs> with other food banks. Yes, and yeah. uh, Blake Young is fond of saying they can get five meals for a dollar. It's I can't just, get five meals for a dollar. I can't get five <laughs> meals for twenty dollars. I mean, that's just like that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna go eat at his house and <laughs> and but you know, it's it's amazing and, and they can buy so the, the best mm-hmm. don't I mean you can go to the grocery store and buy a whole bunch of things and feel good about yourself and donate them and that's great. Yeah. But but and Angela Hassel at uh, Loaves and Fishes says water, bottled water. You know, so go simple, to right? go to Costco, go to Sam's Club, go to any grocery store, and they always have bottled water on sale. You know, oh yeah, and yeah. they and they need it. They need it in the winter. They need it in the summer. Everybody needs water, and just drop it off. You know, that uh, they'll even have somebody come pick it up uh, for you. You know, and those it's things are something that we don't think about, right? Yeah. We always think about turkey. You oh, think about turkey. turkey. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, do people living in small apartments in their cars, can they really cook a turkey? Yeah, exactly. No. That's the new reality. Yeah. All right. And as much as we love to donate turkeys, um, we also have to learn about who is in need. Yeah. You know, and um, ready to open cans are are really needed for, for those living on the streets. Right. All right. Those who may not be able to afford turning on the oven. Yeah. You know, so um, really going to your Catholic charities or local food pantry or St. Vincent de Paul and saying, what is it that you're seeing? Yeah. What is the need that you're seeing? How can we best support that? Yeah, and St. Vincent de Paul does such a great job of being in touch with the community, mm-hmm. you know, knowing knowing what's out there and what's what's necessary. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, being being a part of the community, being in touch with those who are really in need, that's a reality that we're all called to. You know, otherwise it just becomes something apart from us, yeah. you know, and um, the other thing I was going to mention too, as, as the temperature changes is what can we do for those living on the streets? I know. Right. I think last year we lost 23 people here in Sacramento. I remember seeing that figure, you know, and so just, just from exposure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and people will say, well, why can't they go to a warming shelter? And there's so many reasons, right? Yeah. They have a pet, um, they're. Maybe they physically cannot make it to the warming yeah. shelter. Uh, or they have behavioral or drug problems. Um, some people, I know I know. Um, one of my daughters when she was in high school was in a program where we had a, in our town, they had a, a rotating winter shelter and a, a church or a synagogue would take, uh, uh, for, for a week, they, they, they were in charge of a, an evening meal and housing and having supervision all night long. And and a lot of the the high school kids in this one organization who my daughter was involved in would go serve the meal, but they were told that they go eat with them. Don't yeah. you're not just serving. You're you're sitting down and eating with them. And 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 we'd go walking around downtown, and she knew everybody's name. Yeah, wow. You know, she knew who they were and what their story was and what you know all of that stuff. But she said that there were some that that just didn't fit in that environment as, as, as welcoming as it was and as non-judgmental as it was. Some just had behavioral issues that just didn't work. And, and so they quit coming, you know, it didn't work for them. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's hard for us to understand if we've never had to live in that situation. Yeah. Right. But um, even many of us in the way that we grew up, either we never knew how to love, we never received love, yeah. right? Like it's so foreign to a lot of us to that somebody actually cares for us uh-huh. and there's no ulterior motive. Exactly. Yeah, they don't <laughs> want something back. 
You know, and, and you have to think that that's an experience that's happening with those who every single person who's living on the streets is having so many challenges. And we can't just expect that, uh, you know, here you go. Here's your solution. Right. Take it. Right. You know, they're not ready for it. Like many of us, if you gave us a million dollars, we truly would not be able to know what to, to, to do, do, with, do it. with it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. You know, and, and so we have to step into their experience. And how are we going to be a part of that? You know, not expect them to be this upstanding person in our society just because we think that we give them a solution. Right. But like what your daughter did is get to know them, mm-hmm. get to know their name. Yep. That's so important, yep. right? That's dignity. To say, so important. You know, yep. and, and to be able to say, I want to hear what, what, what you've right. gone through. You know, and we listened into that trauma. And Pope Francis says, when you step into somebody else's suffering, do you let it transform you? Mm-hmm. You know, or do you let it not even change your heart? Yeah. Right. So as we're coming up again, right, the, this cold temperature really reminds us that uh, we need to do more. Um, and whether it be through, um, you know, our Catholic charities, our parish, our social justice ministries, social service ministries, or with other faith groups. Right. It's right. OK to work with another. Sure. sure is. You know, Christian denomination, you know, another. It's very interfaith. Right. If they're doing good work, then it's okay to donate, right? Right. Hey, our beautiful Exodus project here in the diocese is run by a rabbi. Exactly, right? So let's be examples of not that we want to stay in our silo, but we're going to reach across and be those bridges, right, for the benefit of those who are really suffering. And I I know from my daughter's experience, which she would bring home and share with us, she, she broke down... I mean, she was surprised by the experience. It wasn't, you know, you go in with, you can't not go in. I mean, we, we tend to stereotype. We just do. Yes. That's just human nature, I think. It's, it may be some uh, ancient defense mechanism. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but we stereotype. And it was amazing to, to see how her perspective changed. And she'd bring that home and share it with us. And the one thing that really changed for her was was not changed, but she really saw each person as an individual mm. way different from the other individuals. It wasn't just a group of homeless people. Right. You know, it was that's Bill and that's, you know, and they all had a different different story, a different reality. And that's the hard work. Yep. That's the hard work that all of us are called to do. Yep. Right? It's so it's so easy to say that X category of people. Right. Because then they don't belong to us. Exactly. Then they're not part of God's creation. Right. But once you know their name, once they know your name, then it's a personal relationship. Yeah, and you you know where they were born, (laughs) and you know their mom's name, and you know what job they used to have. And you also hear about their hopes and dreams. And and then then you really realize that they're human beings, you know, that they're, you know, and... um, yeah, keep it first and foremost that they're made in the image and likeness of God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No matter their circumstance. And, and you know, that's some part of the message to the Pope Francis gives through um, Laudato Si and now Laudato Deum is when we have a complete indifference, for example, for the loss of biodiversity, when a, a species completely is extinct. Yeah. Right. And we are indifferent to it. It's like we're saying, like it's like we understand God's plan. We yeah. don't. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing with our brothers and sisters. If we refuse to learn their first name, yeah. to actually get to know them, it's like we're completely disregarding that God made that person in his likeness. Right. It was an it was a decision of God yeah. to make that person exactly at this moment in time. And we're going to completely disregard And God them. loves that person just as much as he loves you. How is that possible, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and we're going to turn our blind eye or we're going to say because of this, this is why they're in that situation. It, it's it's disheartening sometimes when we do that. Yeah. Well, Miriam, always a joy to have you on. Thanks Thank you, thanks Bob. for all the great work you do. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again real soon. Thanks, Bob. Thanks so much. That's uh, We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. Many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 
1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This is Lori Power, Associate Superintendent with the Catholic School Department. You are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. That's me. Thank you, Lori, for that wonderful introduction and for all the great work you do for our Catholic schools here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Well, we're pleased to welcome in the Executive Director of the Exodus Project, Rabbi Seth Kesselman. Rabbi, good day to you. Bob, I'm glad to hear your voice. It's great to hear your voice too, Seth. Um, I uh, still re I'm, I've attended a wonderful fundraiser the other day for the Exodus Project, and I've been to a number of fundraisers in my life, as so many people have. This one was nothing short of spectacular. Oh, thank you. Um, I did very it, well. It, yeah. It was a it was a really uh, a wonderful evening and uh, a very 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 moving evening. Explain, if you would, for for our listeners exactly what the mission of the Exodus Project is. So Exodus Project has been around five years. We're with St. Vincent Paul Sacramento. Our mission is to help. We may have lost uh, Rabbi Seth here for a minute and. Uh, the Exodus Project uh, uh, helps people who have been incarcerated, who are about to get out of prison, uh, about to get out of county jail maybe, uh, helps them uh, with all kinds of uh, connections, if you will, uh, to, to ease the transition from being uh, incarcerated to being in, uh, in, uh, back in the, in the flow of society. And that is something... We've heard, I, I heard during that event, uh, about how many people that are homeless are formerly incarcerated, and it's a very high percentage, uh, not all for, by, by any means, but, but it's a high percentage. And you, you imagine getting out of prison with uh, nowhere to go and uh, uh, no job and no housing, et cetera, uh, you're very likely to end up being homeless. And how do you ever get back on your feet? Uh, I mean, the notion of of uh, incarceration, obviously, and we're not talking about whether somebody was wrongfully convicted or anything like that. Uh, we, you know, assume what the justice system did was just. Uh, but, but how do we help them uh, get back into society and become functioning, both for the good of society and for the for for their own good? And it's a very, very difficult transition sometimes for many people. And uh, this was this was their annual. Fund. It is a, a project of the Diocese of uh, Sacramento, and it is just a just a a wonderful wonderful organization. And they, what they do is they pair people uh, who are getting out, 
it's all volunteer. I, I mean, it's all um, uh, voluntary on the part of the person who is getting out of uh, a prison or jail. Uh, they they certainly uh, don't don't have to participate in this, but they get the word out uh, that this this project is available for them, and they match them up with a mentor, uh, a volunteer who uh, is under the auspices of the Exodus Project, who helps them, maybe meets with them for coffee, uh, talks with them on the phone, et cetera, exchanges uh, texts or emails, and uh, and they have a training, obviously, for the mentor to, uh, you know, the guidelines and guardrails and everything else uh, to as, as to what, what how to best approach this and things that you shouldn't do and things you should do. And uh, extensive, but not long training. It's about 18 hours over a weekend, but it's, it's uh, uh, excellent, excellent training. And at this dinner, we, we heard from some of the people who have become volunteers for the Exodus Project. We also heard from people who have benefited from the Exodus Project, and their stories were, were of... Uh, how their life was changed were just really um, mind-boggling and very heartfelt. It was uh, wonderful stuff, and we uh, hope to actually have one or two of them on the on the air with us uh, uh, on another day to tell to tell their stories. And so it's a it's something that uh, obviously it's not for everybody, but uh, it could be for you. I think we maybe have uh, Rabbi Seth Castleman back with us. Do we have you back, Rabbi? Hi, Bob. Sorry about that. No, I, I don't believe we have him back. Um, no, no. I, you can't hear me? We're not hearing him, but uh, we're, we will endeavor again to uh, get, him, get him back on the air. Um, but the, anyway, uh, uh, you can uh, Google the Exodus Project on the, the Diocese of Sacramento uh, webpage, which is scd.org. That's scd.org. And uh, um, we'll and, and check it all out because it's really, really an excellent project. Uh, and we, we will endeavor endeavor to get uh, Rabbi Seth back on and, and talk to him a little bit more. Should tell you that the Veterans Day Mass will take place Saturday, November 11th at Calvary Cemetery and Funeral Center at 10 a.m. on Saturday, November 11th, the uh, actual Veterans Day. That's at 70 uh, Calvary Cemetery is at 7100 Verner Avenue in Citrus Heights. Uh, their phone number is 916-726-1232. This is all sponsored by Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services here in the Diocese of Sacramento. There will also be a Veterans Day Mass at uh, All Souls Cemetery, same time, 10 a.m. All Souls is at 550 Glen Cove Road in Vallejo. Their phone number is 707-644-5209. There will be on, on Saturday, November 4th, 9 a.m. at Calvary Cemetery and Funeral Center, uh, 7100 Verner Avenue in Citrus Heights, a memorial mass for the unborn. Uh, again, their phone number, 916-726-1232. So you, uh, uh, note the dates on uh, uh all of those. Also, um, National Vocation Awareness Week invites the faithful to pray for an increase in vocations in the United States, so important to our great Catholic faith. Catholic Church in the United States will commemorate National Vocation Awareness Week November 5th through the 11th. Uh, national Catholic organizations each year, uh, dioceses, schools, local parish communities sponsor events and provide different resources to raise awareness for vocations and help those who are discerning a vocation, particularly one to ordained ministry or consecrated life. In his message on the, for the 60th anniversary of the World Day of Prayer for Vocations, Pope Francis stated, quote, our common vocation to give ourselves in love develops and finds concrete expression in the life of laymen and women devoted to raising a family as a small domestic church and working as the leaven of the gospel to renew the different sectors of society. In the testimony of consecrated women and men who are completely committed to God for the sake of their brothers and sisters as a prophetic sign of the kingdom of God in ordained ministers, yeah, prophetic sign 
deacons, priests, and bishops placed at the service of preaching, prayer, and fostering the communion of the holy people of God. Bishop Earl A. Boys of Lansing in Michigan, who is chairman of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Committee on Clergy, Consecrated Life, and Vocations, expressed his gratitude for holy families, ordained ministers, and consecrated men and women, saying, quote, during this week, the church gives thanks to God for the faithful example of husbands and wives and joyful witness of ordained ministers and consecrated persons. We pray that many more men and women will be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit in their hearts as they discern the mission God has for them. Uh, it's uh, beginning in 1976, the U.S. bishops de- designated the 28th cent- Sunday of the year as an opportunity for the Catholic Church in the United States to renew its prayerful support for those discerning an ecclesial vocation. In 2014, the committee elected to move the, f- the week to the first week of November to better engage Catholic educational institutions in the efforts to raise awareness for vocations. Again, um, it is a na- National Vocations Awareness Week from the uh, 5th to the 11th of November. Also, um, uh, in this year of the uh, Eucharistic Revival, it's an excellent opportunity to uh, grow in relationship with Jesus and his church. What better way than forming yourself to Christ? There are a number of uh, excellent resources, including the Franciscan, Franciscan Catechetical Institute, the Sacrament of the Eucharist. You can sign up at Franciscan uh, at home. Dot com franciscan at home.com select the diocese of sacramento and sign up for free through your parish the workshop can be done at your own pace bread of life the eucharist in galilee um it's the bread of life series uh, so that that is a excellent thing here in the uh in the uh, diocese of sacramento um so the uh the relevance of the of the uh Eucharist for the young church, to the young in our church, uh, open space dialogue with Father Bon Rojas. That will take place Saturday, November 18th for youth and young adult leaders, uh, Saturday, November 18th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, it's $10 per person and uh, includes lunch and raffle prizes. That will take place at St. Ignatius Parish, 3235 way here in Sacramento. Uh, every uh, every month, we like to honor those priests who have uh, uh, their anniversaries, their ordination anniversaries at this uh, during this month. So, coming up in the uh, month of November, Deacon Peter Ta, he was ordained on November the first. That's All All Saints Day of two thousand and eight. Uh, Father Orlando Gomez, uh, November 1st, 1997. Father Mervyn Concepcion, uh, November 1st, 2003. Father Joel Ganabia, uh, November 1st, 2003. Uh, Father Ray Doner, 11, uh, November 7th of 1981, so 42 years a priest. Father uh, Salvador Bringas, uh, uh, 14th of November of 1987, so 36 years a priest. Father Dante Lumabas, uh, Lumamas, Lumabas, uh, the 19th of November of 2008. Father Jacobo Cacheres, uh, uh, November 21st, 2008. Father Miguel Silva, November 24th of 1984. Father, Mo- Father Michael Vaughn, uh, November 25th of 2004. Father Nelson Gutierrez Perez, November 25th, 2017. Father Phil Wells, uh, uh, the uh, November the twenty sixth, nineteen eighty three, uh, up in Anderson. Uh, Father Cirilo Cervantes, uh, November twenty seventh, nineteen ninety nine, and Father Jesus T. Soriano. I'll get this if you're sitting down. Eleven twenty eight, nineteen seventy. So fifty three years ago. Uh, he was ordained to the priesthood, and we thank thank all of them for their their wonderful service here in the uh, 
in the uh, Diocese of Sacramento. Just wonderful, wonderful stuff. So uh, uh, just a lot, a lot going on with, uh, with uh, all, all of that. The uh, um, Bishop Soto uh, has ha talking about uh, the Holy Land and, and, and what's, what's going on and, and uh, has uh, released a letter uh, in the last several weeks to members of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem regarding the Holy Land. He writes, we join with urgent supplications of his beatitude, uh, Cardinal uh, Pierre Battista Pisabala, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, for quick end to the brutal hostilities of the Holy Land and for the resolve to take up the labor of peace. Boy, it is a labor of peace. The intense horror of the past days continues the sorrowful lamentations arising from the long-afflicted places and peoples of the Holy Land. Responding to the sufferings of our brothers and sisters, like, let us take up the instruments of peace, fasting, prayer, and works of mercy. In doing so, we unite ourselves more closely with the Lord Jesus, who by his, his death on Calvary united himself with all those who suffer from the scourge of violence and hatred, Contemplating the crucified Christ, let us join hands with him who reconciles all people with God in one body through the cross, putting that enmity to death. May our fasting prayer and works of mercy give an unwavering witness to his divine mercy and peace. May the intercession of the Blessed Mother Mary, Our Lady of Palestine, make us steadfast in our efforts for the cause of peace in the holy lands of her beloved son, Jesus. That's uh, respectfully, Bishop Jaime Soto, Bishop, Bishop of Sacramento and Grand Prior for the, uh, uh, the, um, the uh, Knights of the Holy Sepulchre here. Uh, and it's a great, a great organization, and this was his, uh, his message to them. Gabe? Uh, yeah, Bob. Um, we had, uh, and this, we had... Uh, Rabbi Seth Castleman on, but we had some uh, technical problems, so I blame myself. Technical problems. I blame myself. Uh, here, which which happens. So happy to uh, <laughs> happy to have Gabe here with us and uh, um, to to uh, fix all the equipment and uh, uh, put us back on. Gabe, are you back on? I think so. Can you hear me? Nope. No. No. Okay, well, that's all right. Bob can't hear me, but uh, you'll have to talk louder. <laughs> <laughs> We're having technical issues. The truth is that uh, it's, it's live radio. Yeah. So every now and then we do have uh, uh, technical difficulties, and we hope you will uh, bear with us uh, through it. Uh, appreciate you, you all uh, taking the time to be with us uh, today on the Bishop's Hour. You know, a few uh, uh, things to mark the dates. Mark the date in the uh, uh, next year. Is God calling you? This is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, St. Patrick's Seminary, the Discernment Retreat, January 26th to 28th, uh, 2024. So just a couple of months away now, or well, three months away. Uh, conferences by the Most Reverend Thomas A. Daly, the Bishop of Spokane, Washington. You must be a single man, 21 years or older. All meals and lodging provided, uh, but a great opportunity to uh, discern about the seminary uh, at the seminary. Um, for more information on this, contact uh, Maricela Smith at msmith at scd.org, that's Sacramento Catholic Diocese, or give Maricela a call. She is at 916 that's 916-733-0258. And it's really, really a, a, a wonderful time for people to uh, uh, discern a uh, uh, vocation to the, uh, to the priesthood. The, op the uh, Youth and Young Adult Ministry Open Space Dialogue, uh, Saturday, November 18th with Father Bong Rojas, uh, includes run, lunch, raffle prizes. This will all take place at St. Ignatius Parish, 3235 Arden Way in Sacramento. Uh, that's uh, uh, for youth and young adults. 
for, for their leaders. Uh, a receive, a retreat for women. The Office in, of Youth and Young Adult Ministry invites women 18 and older to join for a day of prayer and reflection with Marie Pablo. Uh, that's November 4, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at St. Maria Goretti Parish. Uh, for more information, call Jennifer Campbell. Uh, Jennifer is at 916-733-0135, or you can uh, send her an email at jcampbell, that's C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, jcampbell, at S-C-D. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. There we go. We had a little headphone snafu in your room. I got that worked out, though. Um, yes, yes, we do. So uh, that's uh, that will help. And we're going through a calendar of a lot of events uh, taking place in the diocese here. And uh, so much happening. If you want to learn all about uh, anything that's going on in the diocese, including the Exodus Project, and we will endeavor to get Seth, Rabbi Seth Castleman on at a later date to tell you all about the the wonderful dinner and and some of and we'll bring some of the people they serve on uh, at a later date. But thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord. We bow down